Welcome to Kingdom Living Ministries, where our vision is knowing God, loving people, and making disciples. We trust this week's message will be a blessing to your life. Enjoy the teaching ministry of KLM. So 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 14. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we come boldly before your throne of grace to obtain mercy and find grace in the time of need. And Father, we need you. Just release your faith by saying we need you. We, need you. we embrace your ministry, Holy Spirit. And we just thank you for being our teacher, being our guide, um, inter being our intercessor, our helper, our comforter, our advocate, our counselor, our standby. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for indwelling us and being upon us and being with us forever. For we're not without hope. We're not without direction. Say this, say, I always know, I always know what, to do what to do in every situation. In every situation. Because the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit leads, me leads me and guides me, and guides me into, all truth. into all truth. Father, I thank you for that. I thank you that you... You gave us your spirit to indwell us, to help us, to guide us, to direct us, to prompt us, to lead us, to give us wisdom, to counsel us. Thank you, Jesus, for dying in our place. Thank you for being at the right hand of the Father, ever lives to, to make intercession for us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for all that you did for us. Oh, Father, thank you for loving us by sending your son and sending your spirit. In Jesus' name, I pray for this, these, your people, that you'll grant to them the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you, that the eyes of their understanding will be enlightened, that they may know what is the hope of your calling, what are the riches of the glory of your inheritance in the saints, what is the exceeding greatness of your power towards them that believe. Father, grant unto me your son and your slave's supernatural divine utterance, that I may boldly make known the mystery of the gospel. I claim the gifts of the spirit and we welcome the gifts of the spirit to be in operation as you see fit. I thank you for these things in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Second Corinthians chapter 13. We're going to continue our series on the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Um, the if, title I have is embracing the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Everybody say embracing, embracing. The, ministry the ministry of the Holy Spirit. 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 14 says this out of the English Standard Version. It says the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And so this is filled with the, the triune God. We see all three persons of the Godhead uh, mentioned in this verse. This is a good verse to underline. If you have a Bible, underline it. If you have an e-Bible or Electronic Bible, if you can highlight it, highlight it. That's something that you should meditate on. Just thinking about Jesus, the Father, and the Holy Spirit, and how they are there. And, and notice that they always do things together. Not They don't do things separate from each other. Everything, even from creation to our redemption to the coming of the new heaven and the new earth, the, the, Trinity are, the Trinity is involved in all of that, and they function together. You'll never find like the Holy Spirit on the side says, what about me? What's up? <laughs> you know, but they flow as one. They're not the same. 
listen to me, they're not the same, but they are one. Even as a husband and wife are one. If you know that if you're married, you notice that you are not the same as your spouse. You know, two different personalities, two different minds, two different wills, two different flesh. Come on. Uh, so the Holy Spirit, Jesus, and the Father, there's one God, but three persons of God. God is the Father, God the Father. Father God is God. God the Son, who is Jesus. Jesus is God. And then God the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is God. Amen. So we have we serve one God who is three persons. And this is a great mystery. We we will not understand all of what it is, um, who the, the triune God. But we 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 can stay with what the scriptures tell us. Amen. And so here the, it says the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. How many of y'all been putting into practice what you've been hearing about the Holy Spirit? Over these last three, four weeks, asking the Holy Spirit to help you. Holy Spirit, help me. You lose your keys. I always use that example. Or you, you lose something and you're looking for something or you need help on a job. Asking the Holy Spirit to help you. You need help with your kids or with your health or with your children or with your finances or with school or the list goes on and on. And so we are to trust the Holy Spirit. Now, the Holy Spirit is the perfect gentleman. He leads us. He, he guides us. He equips us. If we if we can learn how to be led by the spirit, how to be led by the spirit, we will experience success every single time. The Holy Spirit will never lead us outside of the scriptures. In other words, he's always going to lead us in sync with the scriptures. So he's not going to ever lead you to do something that God condemns. Let me repeat myself. The Holy Spirit will never lead you to do something that God the Father condemns. He's always going to lead you in line or in sync with the word of God. They function as one that you cannot you cannot make Father God do something that the Son does not agree with or the Spirit that agrees with. They're always going to agree. There's never going to be conflict within the Trinity. Oh, that's good news. I never heard that, never read that, never, you know, it just came out of my spirit. The Holy Spirit, the Father and the Son will always be flowing perfect unity. There will never be conflict with the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Now, some might say, what about when Jesus, I, this is what I hear in my, in my head. What about when Jesus was in the garden and he was like, Father, if it's possible, let this cup pass for me. And some would say, well, that's a conflict. It is not. It is not. That was Jesus' humanity crying out. But then his spirit lined back up with the will of the Father. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will. Did you notice that? All right. Learning how to follow the leading of the Lord is one of the most important things a believer can learn. Let me say that again. Learning how to follow the leading of the Lord is one of the most important things a believer can learn. You should seek to understand the scriptures and you should seek to learn how to follow 
the leading of the Lord. It should be part of our foundation. The leadership of the Holy Spirit is key to pursuing the will of God. Let me say that again. The leadership of the Holy Spirit is key to pursuing the will of God. Without the leadership of the Holy Spirit, we are lost. The word of God gives us a general will of God, right? So as you read from Genesis to Revelation, the general will of God, you see what God's, God's will is as it relates to humanity. But the leadership of the Holy Spirit gives us the specific will of God for our lives. Amen. The, the leadership of the Holy Spirit gives us the specific will of God for our lives. His number one charge is to lead us into all truth. Truth of God's word as well as in the affairs of life. So with this, is, this in mind, go with me to John chapter 16. John chapter 16. When you got it, say amen. John chapter 16. Let's look at verses 12 through 15. When you got to say amen. John chapter 16. We're talking about embracing the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Verse 12, it says, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. Now, this is Jesus speaking to his disciples prior to him coming, going to the cross. And he's telling them, I have many things to share, but you're not able to hear it. You're not able. Without the Holy Spirit, unbelievers can't come to Christ. The Spirit of God will draw them to the Son of God. We cannot come to the Father unless the, without, outside of Christ. Christ says, I am what? The way, the truth, and the life. That no one comes to the Father without, without me, right? So without Jesus, we can't approach God. And without the Spirit, we can't come to Jesus. The Spirit will draw us to Jesus. Jesus will draw us to the Father. You cannot come to God the Son without the Spirit of God drawing you. You cannot get to the Father unless you go through Jesus. You see how that works. And so verse 12, it says, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them. It, it does matter where you are spiritually. Jesus wanted to share some truths, some timeless truths as it relates to the word of God. But these disciples, but these disciples weren't able to hear what Jesus had to say. Now, I'm going to say something that may be controversial, but listen to the whole matter. Truth shared at the wrong time could be detrimental. Truth shared at the wrong time could be detrimental. The Lord doesn't give the truth to everyone or the fullness of the truth. What, what are you saying? I'm saying that you can study the scriptures. You can um, um, pray. But if your heart is not at a place to receive, you won't get understanding. Hmm. I got scripture. Hold, hold on. Hold on before you ready to fight. Let's go to another scripture to, to support this. First Corinthians chapter two. Truth shared at the wrong time. So you, you may have truth and you, you understand something, but how many know that God determine, it, it will determine based on a person's heart? 
And I'm going to show you this in, through the scriptures, through the gospels. Um, first Corinthians. Did I say second? Oh, okay, go to first Corinthians chapter three. First Corinthians chapter three. Let's look at verses one through three. First Corinthians chapter three, one through three. It says, but I, this is the apostle Paul. He's writing to the church at Corinth. The church in Corinth was a growing church. They, they had the gifts of the spirit, but they also had a lot of sexual sin. Um, he confronts this, uh, confront them about their sin. And so Paul had to exercise um, church discipline uh, with w- at least one of the, the members of this church. And so this church has some good things, but they had a lot of bad things going on in it. A lot of flesh. And so how many know that there's no church that's perfect? And, and, and Apostle Paul established this church. And so some would say, well, he established that church, then uh, it should be perfect. Not necessarily. You know, we, we see even in um, the when God had his angels, um, one third, one third of his angels uh, rebelled against him. And if that can happen to God, it could happen against us. <laughs> so don't don't necessarily think that um, always um, a person was happening in a organization that is all because of the leader. So here's Paul. He says, but I, brothers, could not. And he's talking about brothers and sisters. I, I brothers and sisters could not address you as spiritual people, but as people of the flesh, as infants in Christ. As infants in Christ. In other words, I, I want to share some things with you, but you're not able to handle it because you're acting as babes in Christ. Okay, so there is a thing called, and, and perhaps we'll talk about it in the days ahead, um, of growing up spiritually. How many know you have to grow up spiritually? Just like you grow up naturally, it'd be a shame for you to be 45 years old and still a baby, still acting like a baby, still needing assistance like a baby. Likewise, spiritually, you're not to remain spiritually um, an infant, but you need to grow spiritually. How do you know when you grow? You grow in love. You grow in obedience to the word. You grow into the leadership of the spirit. For the Bible says in Romans 8, for as many as are led by the spirit, they are the sons of God. Greek translation says they are the maturing ones. So the more you grow in God, the more you embrace that ministry of the Holy Spirit. The more you are obedient to the word of God, the more love you have in your life. That's a measuring stick. Your love life and when I take, say your love, like I'm not talking about your love life as it relates to the opposite sex or your love for your family, but your love as it relates to how you are like Jesus. The fact that you're able to forgive when there's conflict, the way the, the, the way that you you treat a person regardless of how they feel about you, the measuring stick of your spiritual growth. And so Paul is saying, I cannot speak to them. I cannot speak to you as spiritual people, but as people of the flesh. That, that's interesting. He says the people of the flesh. That's people who are governed by their flesh. How many have ever been governed by your flesh? <laughs> Come on. Um, when your flesh says it's time to eat, you eat. When your flesh says it's time to sleep, you sleep. You act upon what your mind or your flesh or your, your, your desires. You just do whatever you, your desires tells you to do. You never, ever wait and crucify or put to death your body, your flesh, and says, no, you're not going to do that. You know, sometimes we just yield to the flesh so much, right? We, we do, we say whatever comes across our minds. 
I mean, you don't need to say everything that's come across your mind. And you don't need to do everything that comes across your mind. Just because it's a good idea doesn't mean it's a God idea. So don't act upon everything that flies across your mind. That is not God's will. That you live in a real world with a real devil, with real temptation, real thoughts, and you got to resist those things. So don't yield to everything that comes across your mind. Every time you go to pray and you hear something, doesn't necessarily mean it's God. <laughs> you got you got to govern that. You got to check and make sure that that's God. If it's God today, it'll be God tomorrow. If it's God today, it'll be God 10 years from now. Come on. God is not in a hurry. He said that I'm coming back. It's been 2,000 years. He's not in a hurry. How many know that God is the most patient person there is? And, he, and part of the fruit of the Spirit is what? Self-control. And so these believers were not self-controlled. They weren't governed by that fruit of the Spirit. And so we need to allow ourselves to develop. Um, like For example, for some of y'all may have struggled reading the Scriptures consistently. So as you read, you're thinking about what you got to eat. You think about what maybe somebody texts me or whatever the case. No, you have to develop powers of concentration and discipline. To be a follower of Jesus is to, to unfollow yourself. You just can't do everything that you want to do. Just because you want to do it doesn't mean that it's right. Come on, help me out. <laughs> Don't act upon thoughts. Act, thoughts not acted upon will die. So, so you cannot stop thoughts from coming across your mind. All right? And you, you may be tempted in certain ways. And the thoughts may come across your mind. But if you don't act upon it and you don't meditate on it, it's not a sin. Because you cannot stop thoughts from coming across your mind. Right? It's, the sin is not thinking about a temptation. The sin is meditating on it and acting upon it. So don't act upon every thought. If you're talking to someone and you feel that anger, I, mean, I know what y'all, you feel that, that, that emotion and, and, and you feel anger rising up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, nah, mm, nope. close your mouth. No, nah, I'm not acting upon that. You hear profanity coming up? No. Spouses, specifically husbands, you're not to um, speak harsh words to your wives. So you don't call your wife a bee, right? You, you don't speak words that will harm your spouse, no matter what she does. <laughs> Close your mouth, pray in tongues under your breath, take a walk, go to the gym, do something. Wise. Y'all have many more words than us. <laughs> So be wise in what you say to your husbands. Because you can destroy him overnight. Words that you spoke 10 years ago can still be developing in his life. So your words carry weight in our lives. Y'all know I'm telling the truth. Come on. And in a time of fight, you're like, you remember what you said on June 1st, 2014 at 3 p.m.? You said this, and you treated me like this. You made me feel like that. No, we got to resist that. So Paul is saying, listen, I can't speak to you as spiritual people because you're governed by your flesh. 
You walk by the flesh. You know the scripture in 2 Corinthians, it says we walk by faith and not by They were walking by sight and not by faith. So spiritual people are people who walk by faith. They're not moved by what they see, hear, or feel. They only move by the word of God. Let's continue. And he goes on, he says, verse 2, 1 Corinthians 3, verse 2, I fed you with milk, not solid food, for you were not ready for it. And even now you're not ready for it. For you are still of the flesh. For while there is jealousy and strife among you, are you not of the flesh and behaving only in a human way? And other, King, King James Version says, you're acting as mere humans. Here, Paul is saying they were governed by their flesh. He wanted to give them the meat of the word, but they couldn't handle it. They were divided. The spirit of division was upon them. Your heart, let me say this, your heart determines the amount of truth you can handle. Your heart determines the amount of truth you can handle. God doesn't reveal everything to everyone. Let's go back to John chapter 16. John chapter 16, embracing the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Embracing the ministry. Everybody say embracing the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Let's look at verse 13. It says, when the spirit of truth comes, or, or, or another translation says, when the, 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 telling, the truth-telling spirit comes, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, he will declare to you the things that are to come. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. He will always tell you the truth. His number one mandate upon the earth is to guide us, guide the believer into all truth. Notice the word guide. How many know that if you if you have a guide, especially if you're touring something, you have a guide that's telling you, especially if you go outside of the country and, and or even New York or Washington, D.C., you, sometimes you may pay for a guide, right? And they take you to places I mean, you should, you, should, you should go on like a little tour in New York, even if you've been there several times, because they can tell you stuff about and take you places that you never thought of. So a guide is just a guide. He, he or she does not uh, force you to follow them, right? Like if you're on a hiking, tri a hiking trip uh, and, uh, and they're taking you through, you know, maybe a cave or the woods, they can't make you stay with them. You can like get off the road, right? The path. Notice here, Jesus says, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. That means there has to be a willingness on your part to follow. He will not force you to follow him. Have you noticed that? The Holy Spirit won't make you do anything that you don't want to do. Have you ever noticed that? He won't make you pray. He won't make you read. He won't make you be nice. He won't make you lovely. There is a part that you have to play. He won't make you listen. He guides. He's the perfect gentleman. He wants to lead you and guide you into all the truth of who God is, the truth of who you are in God, and even in the affairs of life. And it goes, and, and so he will not force truth on you, but will guide those who are willing to hear. 
You have to be in sync with him. He doesn't force revelation on anyone. He comes by imitation only. Everybody say the Holy Spirit Spirit. comes by by. imitation only. only. If If you're not hungry for him, he won't feed you. He will guide you into all truth, truth of God, truth of Jesus, truth of himself. He will guide you into the truth of the of, in this world. The spirit of God will guide if you have a willing heart. He, and, and, and you have to pray for God to give you a willing heart. Because sometimes we're not willing. Sometimes we, we don't want to obey what we know. Our human sinful nature Resist truth, resist light, but we have to do it anyway. Um, how many know that you shouldn't only pray when you feel like praying, right? Yeah, most days you may not feel like praying. How many ever not felt like praying? I'm the pastor. I've, I've, I've felt like that a lot of days. I don't feel like praying. Really, do I have to pray for every member of the church? Really, really do I? Is this really part of my, my calling in life? Is it really, do I have to pray? I don't, do I have to read the Bible today? Let me let me pick. I mean, I remember being a kid and I had the conviction that I need to read the Bible every day. I will find the shortest psalm. And I was like, yo, I read. Yes, we read this every day. The same one that is real short. I think it's like Psalm 133 or something is like really short. Or let me just look at Jesus. Well, that's good. That's a good verse to memorize. (laughs) Right. it's, it's, It's not easy, especially. You know, looking at part of the Bible that has those long words and those names. So-and-so begat so-and-so. Now, what does this have to do with Jesus? What does it have to do with me in 2018? I don't know. What's the connection, right? So the spirit of truth. Notice he says he does not speak of his own authority. He speaks whatever he hears. And you have to have a be willing to hear over and over again. The word of God says, if you have ears to hear, let him hear. Hear what the spirit of God has said. Let me show you a few scriptures and then I'll be finished. I don't have that much um, today. Uh, let's go to Mark chapter four. <clears throat> Mark chapter four. Embracing the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Mark chapter four. Let's look at verse nine. Mark chapter four, verse nine says this. And he said, he who has what? Ears to hear, let him what? You got to have a willing heart, which which will affect your hearing. He that has ears to hear, let him hear. Let's look at verse 21. Verse 21. And he said to them, is a lamp brought in to be put under a basket or under a bed and not on a stand? For nothing is hidden except to be made manifest, nor is anything secret except to come to light. Now, when you read that, sometimes people think they only they only think about the sinful stuff. What's in the dark will come out in the light. Right. When you think about that, do you think about that mainly? What's in the dark will come out into the light. Well, Jesus is not necessarily referring to anything evil or sinful or dark, but, but something like ignorance. Like, in other words, what is hidden in the word of God, in the will of God, in the degrees of God will be come to light. In other words, the truth concerning something good is a lamp brought in to be put under a basket or under a bed 
and not understand, for nothing is hidden except to be made manifest, nor is anything secret except to come to light. And then he goes on, verse 23, if anyone has what? Ears. To hear, let him hear. Let him hear. So how many have ears? How many ears do you have? Okay. I, I want to submit to you, you have four ears. Spiritual ears. So you got physical ears and you got spiritual ears. All right. So, so we, need, we, we need to hear with our spirits. Amen. Your spirit has ears. How many are hearing with your spirit? Not only hearing physically, but hearing with your spirit. And your, your hearing is connected to your heart. How do you spell heart? H-E-A-R-T. All right. What's in the middle? Oh, okay. So your ear is connected to your heart. So your heart determines how you hear and what you hear. Amen. Amen. Verse 24. And he said to them, now listen, to this is Jesus speaking. Pay attention to what? To what you hear. Pay attention to what you hear. That's the content, right? With the measure you use, it will be measured to you and still more be added to you. What does that mean? In other words, whatever value you placed on what you're hearing is what you're going to get from it. So not only does the preacher has a responsibility of preaching the truth, but you as the congregation has a, you have the responsibility of putting value on what you're hearing. If you don't value what I'm saying, then you'll get nothing from it. If you, if you give 20% value to what I'm saying, you'll get 20% benefits from what I'm saying. Are you with me? So whatever measure you put on what you're hearing is what you'll receive from it. The demand that you put on what you're hearing will be, is what you're going to reap in your life. Amen. Amen. And it goes on and says this. Let me read that again. It says, and he said to them, verse 24, pay attention to what you hear with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Notice this. If you put value on what you're hearing, then what you're hearing will be added to you. Or you'll, you'll reap a benefit from that. And it, Jesus says, and more will be added to you him or to you a wise man proverb says this a wise man will hear and increase in learning so if you if you're wise you'll hear and increase with learning amen, amen. if you if you'll value the word of god and the word that you hear you'll get what you put the, the demand you put on it as well as more. God will give you more. God is into addition. God is a mathematician. He likes to add to your life. And he also likes to subtract. <laughs> and then you get in a real good flow with God. He'll multiply. Amen. 
So, 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 see, most of us, and I'm talking to myself, we're, we're in, the, you know, we're maybe in the adding part, right? And he's dealing with adding and subtracting. I got, I want you, I want this out of your life. I want to add to you. But notice the scripture in Matthew 6, 33, it says, seek first. It's not saying don't seek other things, but make sure that this priority, seek first. The first, the first, what, what's the most important thing in your life? Seek that first. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. What will happen? And all these things. Some people say, y'all talk too much about things. Well, he talked too much about things. And all these things, what is he talking about? Cars. Houses, clothes, the necessities of life, all these things will be what? Added to you. Come on, Lord, I, I receive the addition. Come on, I receive the addition. Amen. All these things. And then he turns around and he says, but I want you to lose your life. That's attraction, right? And if you lose it, what will happen? You'll find it. Addition, right? So, so when he takes away, it's only to give you more. He, he, another scripture, John chapter 15, he says, I'm the branch, you're the branches. I'm the vine, you're the branches. Um, anyone um, um, who, who's not bearing fruit, um, he's going to take away and, and throw in the fire. He talks about that. But he says, but if you abide in me, my words abide in you. And he goes on, he talks about how he will, the father will prune the branches so that more fruit can come. So he takes away so that increase can come. Amen. Amen. So if God is taking things away from you, he's setting you up for addition. He's setting you up for increase. That was worth for you driving all those little towns to come to Perth Amboy to hear that. So if there's things been subtracted, he's setting you up for some increase. Amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank, come on, let's praise God for that. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We receive. We receive that subtraction. We receive that. You are setting us up for an increase. Amen. Amen. Let's look at this. Verse um, 25. It says, for to the one who has, notice this, for to the one who has, more will be what? Given. And from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. In other words, you value, you have that understanding of the word of God. He's going to add to your understanding. Amen. But if you don't have the understanding, if you don't have a willing heart to hear, then what you do have, he's going to even take away from you. Amen. All right. Let me show you another scripture. Go with me to Luke chapter eight. Luke, I got I got two more scriptures and we call it a Luke chapter eight. Let's go to Luke chapter eight. <coughs> Verse 18. Now, this is the same parable, but Luke takes it from a different angle. So we saw from Mark, he says, pay attention to what? What you hear. Let's look at Dr. Luke. Luke chapter 8, verse 18 says, take care then what? How you hear. So Mark says, pay attention to what you hear. Content. Luke says, Pay attention to how you hear. Okay, so it does matter what you're hearing, the content, but it also matters how you hear it. He says, take care then how you hear, for to the one who has 
more will be giving, given. And from the one who has not, even what he thinks that he has, he will, he will, he has, will be taken away. In other words, if you have understanding of the truths that it's been presented to you, then God will give you more understanding. But if you think you already know it, and you think you already have that understanding, but your heart is other in another place, then what you think you have will even be taken away from you. Okay? So it does, your heart determines your ability to hear. Take heed to how you hear. Your understanding is based on how and what you hear and how you hear. This is the posture of the heart. How many know that you need a willing heart? A teachable heart. The Bible says in Isaiah chapter 1 verse 19, he says, if you are willing and obedient, you should eat the good of the land. So you have to be willing. Now, it doesn't take a long time to be willing. It's a matter of moments. You adjust within yourself by the grace of God. I determine I will. I'm willing. I'm willing to hear what I don't want to hear. I'm willing to do what I don't want to do. I'm willing to to um, go where I don't want to go. I'm willing to stay where I want to. I don't want to want to stay. The, the willingness, a posture of Lord, let your will be done. Amen. The Holy Spirit will. And then the latter part of John chapter 16, it says the Holy Spirit will show us things to come. If we're open to hear him, he will prepare us. Listen to this. The Holy Spirit will prepare you for trage tragedies. Let me say that again. The Holy Spirit will prepare you for tragedies. He will prepare you for crisis. There are things that we can stop with our faith, and there are times that there are things we can't stop. It's going to happen. But he will prepare you for it. I'm going to give you an example. He will prepare you sometimes for loved ones dying. Isn't he such a good God? He will prepare you. God knows who's about to die. God knows that. And he will prepare you for their departure. So that when it happens, it will not destroy you. Okay. Sometimes he prepares you or he tells you things to come so that you can pray so you can change it. God gives us the ability to pray and prayer changes things. And sometimes he'll tell you, so, so and so, I had, I, for example, I was in Bible college and I was um, just praying for family. And I had a dream about one of my aunts. And I had a dream that she was about to die. Actually, let me switch back. I had a dream that she was, she was dating this individual and she was um, being abused by this individual. And so I confronted her later on, come to find out that that was what was happening. Then I had another dream of my cousin. At the time, she was in her early 20s, and I had a dream that she was about to be about to get raped. So what I did is I told her about my dream, and she because she was, she was like in this situation. I described the situation, the place, the room, and everything, and she said, um, "Actually, that was about to happen." So God will, and and what I did with that dream is I prayed against that. So God sometimes will show you things to come. So that you can pray to stop it from coming. And other times he shows you things to come so that you can prepare for it. He, he knows what's going to happen financially in the next 10 years. 
So sometimes he'll tell you to pull back and save. You remember Joseph? How God used the dream to prepare not only Joseph, but the entire nation. Saved the entire nation. And, and, and the, 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 what the guy had a dream that it was seven years, it was prosperous, and then there was seven years of famine. And so Joseph interpreted the dream and says, listen, in the time of prosperity, you save. So that in a time of famine, you'll be sustained. What, what wisdom. We can even take that and apply it to our lives. There are times when money is coming in all the time, right? What do most people do? They spend it like, oh, yeah, we, we, we're in there. And then all of a sudden the money slows down and then they're in a bad situation. What if, what if we take that principle and just start saving in a time of prosperity? So that in a time of famine or hardship, you will not even miss a beat. Come on. That was where for you come all the way over here. Amen. All right. So Holy Spirit will also prepare you for success. He will prepare you for trials. Holy Spirit will prepare you for trials. If you pay attention to the leadership of the Holy Spirit, you will have success in whatever lies ahead. My last scripture, John chapter 16. Let's go over there. John chapter 16. John chapter 16, verse 14 simply says this. It says, he will glorify me for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. Verse 15. And that and all that the father has is mine. Therefore, I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. The Holy Spirit will always glorify Jesus. He will always point you to Jesus every single time. He will reveal to you and to us who Jesus is and what Jesus has given him. Amen. Here are the applications. How to prepare our hearts for the leadership of the Holy Spirit. I have five applications, actually six. How to prepare our hearts for the leadership of the Holy Spirit. Write this down. You need this. The first thing is you need to feed upon the word of God. You got to make time for scriptures. You got to make time spinning from reading from Genesis to Revelation, the word of God. So feeding upon the word of God. God, the Holy Spirit, will take the word of God and make it alive in your heart. Make it alive in your life. It just won't be a distant thing. Oh, this was written 2,000 years ago. Or this was written 4,000 years ago. No, it will become alive to you. So you got to spend time feeding in the word. It's not the quantity of time in the word. It's the quality. So five minutes with God every day goes a long way. Amen. Five minutes, 10 minutes, 20 minutes. It doesn't have to be hours upon hours upon hours. God wants you to start somewhere. So maybe you in your life right now, you don't think you can really submit to an hour of prayer in the word. But what can you submit to? How many know that any amount of time you spend with God, he'll take it and he'll stretch it a long way. Five minutes will go a very long way. Amen. So feeding upon the word of God. Number two, prayer, especially praying in other tongues, but not limited to praying in other tongues. Prayer. Prayer prepares our hearts for the leadership of the Holy Spirit. So you pray, you pray scriptures, you pray the Lord's prayer, you pray in tongues, you, you pray, you know, from your heart sincerely, Lord, I, I need your help. Lord, prepare my heart. I, I, I'm willing. Even if you feel a resistance by faith, say, I am willing. You just have to do that. I'm willing. I, Lord, I have a willing heart. 
I'm confessing that in prayer, right? Number three, humility. You got to be humble. If you want the leadership of the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit will not lead a prideful person. Man, that's worth a thousand bucks or more. The Holy Spirit will not lead a prideful person. Well, what scripture do you have? I'm glad you asked. God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Man, you can't even get saved if you're prideful. I don't need your salvation. Okay, he's not going to save you. Humility will prepare your heart for the leadership of the Holy Spirit. I'm talking about embracing the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Number um, four, this connect is connected with willingness or your humility. Uh, be willing to hear. Be willing to hear the truth. Be willing to hear the truth, the truth in prayer, the truth in the Word. Uh, just be willing. Have a willingness about you. Okay, God, I see where I'm wrong. All right, I messed up. Yep, yep, yep. Yes, yes, sir. And you make the necessary adjustments. The next one is praise and worship. How I many know praise and worship prepares the heart? Yeah. Minister Courtney was singing today about that and exhorting us that, that it prepares the heart. Worship is the key. Praise is the key. And last but not least, faith. Faith prepares the heart for the leadership of the Holy Spirit. So we can embrace that ministry of the Holy Spirit through using our faith. By faith, I'm willing. I, by faith, I follow the leadership of the Spirit. I go where he says go. I'll do what he says do. I'll be what he says be. I'm willing to do it. I, by faith, I, I follow. I, I only follow the leadership of the Spirit. I'm governed by the Word and the Spirit. I don't do everything that's on my mind. I don't say everything that comes up in my mind. I only speak words of grace. The Bible says a, a fool will pass as a wise person if they'll keep their mouth. There, there are much, there's much sinning with many words. So the more you and I talk, the more sin is awaiting somewhere. We're going to sin somewhere. Keep talking. <laughs> and sin is going to show up. Whether it's gossiping, whether it's um, uh, talking about someone's character, or whether it's attitudes or anger, um, frustration. Sometimes it's just we need to obey the scriptures. Psalm 46 verse 10. It says, be still and know that I'm God. Be quiet. How many know it's good to be quiet? Developing a quiet spirit, not always yanking. Some people do that with God in prayer. Lord, this, and never at a place where they can hear and sense and recognize the guidance of the Holy Spirit in prayer. Don't always talk when you go to God in prayer. Prayer is a monologue, right? Wrong, a dialogue. <laughs> you, you shouldn't be the only one talking. I, you know, some plays, we've been on a couple plays on Broadway, and, and there's a monologue. It's just, they just talk, and it's nice. It depends on who it is, right? Uh, uh, but, but, but it's something about the conversations. It goes back to what I said a couple weeks ago, conversations with God, having conversations. You're talking, and not necessarily you hear his voice, per se, but you'll just sense the prompting or the leadership of something that you never thought about 
your mind goes there and you're like, wow, that's a solution. Amen. Father God, I thank you for this word. I pray that we would take heed to the ministry of the Holy Spirit, that we will embrace his ministry and follow his leading. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. That concludes this week's message, and thank you very much for listening. For more information about Kingdom Living Ministries, please call us at 732-324-2200 or visit our website at kingdomlivingnj.org. Also, you can write to us by mail at P.O. Box 519, Rancocas, New Jersey, 08073. And lastly, if you would like to partner with this ministry through your prayers or financial support, contact us via email at partners at kingdomlivingnj.org. Our prayer is that this message has encouraged you to live out the kingdom of God daily in your life by your obedience to His Word. God bless you.